there she goes, folks. Brave Bessie is headed up into the sky. Hey, y'all. I'm Bessie Coleman, and I want to tell you a story. What you hear is the sound of when I became the very first black woman to ever take flight. I remember my first air show so vividly. When I close my eyes, I can feel the air on my face and the touch of the controls at my fingertips and the sound of the crowd cheering below. <laughs> you've never lived <laughs> till you've flown. I want you to consider what you think you know about the beginning of aviation. Are you thinking about the Wright brothers? I mean, you should be. They basically invented human flight. But what about the first women pilots? Is it Amelia Earhart who comes to mind? Amelia Earhart became the first woman to fly solo above 14,000 feet today. And how about the first black pilots? Do you think about the Tuskegee Airmen? The 332nd Fighter Group consisted originally of four fighter squadrons. What if I were to tell you that I, Bessie Coleman, from a tiny little southern town, took to the skies before Amelia Earhart and the Tuskegee Airmen? Would that surprise you? Well, like I said before, I want to tell you a story. My story. It begins in a poverty-stricken town in the Jim Crow South and ends with the United States Treasury putting my face on a quarter. American Urban Radio Networks and Flying Free Films present Invisible Eagles, Bessie Coleman, presented by AARP and starring Quivenjanae Wallace as Bessie. Episode 1, At Home in Texas. Back in a moment. Did you know that AARP is fighting for America's over 48 million family caregivers who help adults live independently in their homes instead of being forced into nursing homes? Family caregivers need common sense solutions that will save them time and money and provide them with more support. Go to AARP.org for more information on caregiving. Now, back to the story. <laughs> You're doing great, Susan. It's just one more push. I was born in Atlanta, Texas on January 26, 1892 to Susan and George Coleman. Is she okay, George? She looks good. Got all her fingers and toes. My mama was a fiercely strong and compassionate black woman. If you need an example of exactly how strong, there were already nine kids at home when I came along. She deserved a medal, honestly. <laughs> My daddy was both black and Cherokee Indian. He was tall and had skin darkened and weathered by a lifetime of working outdoors. And he was the most proud man you'll ever meet. Let's call her Bessie. Like my Aunt Bessie? <clears throat> uh, I'd, I'd like that. A short time after I was born, Mom and Daddy moved us to Waxahachie, Texas. Stay close, y'all. This is clan territory. I would tell you about my hometown, but there ain't nothing special about it. And people can hardly pronounce Waxahachie, so let's just move on. My daddy built us a little house to call our own with his bare hands. It was one of those houses where you could see from the back door to the front. My siblings and I sure did love running all through that house. There were 13 of us by then, so you can imagine how much my mama loved that. 
I told y'all to stop all that running in this house. Sometimes, when I was supposed to be sleeping, I'd sit by the window and read by moonlight. Treat them like dogs and you'll have dogs. The worlds in my books were so much more interesting than real life. I get lost in my imagination for hours. One night, when I was seven, I heard something I wasn't supposed to. How do you reckon I support this family if I gotta keep begging for work, Susan? Hush up. You'll wake the children, and I know you ain't gonna put them back down. I got it worse than any other man in this town. I'm Negro and Cherokee. Can't hardly walk down the street without a sap talking screw to me. Oh, so you complaining about fools saying words? I thought you were stronger than that. It ain't just words. I... I lost my job today. Another one? Why didn't you tell me? I'm telling you now. <sighs> okay, fine. What are you gonna do next? I hear they're hiring colored folks down at the mill. We're gonna leave Texas. Leave? And go where? Home. Who's home? The reservation, with my grandparents. I can get me a steady job and, and a bigger house. No. What? I said no. You can go. The kids and I ain't moving to no reservation. You talking crazy, woman. You ain't staying in Texas alone without your husband. I know you ain't telling me what I can and can't do. You ain't listening. No, it's you who's acting like they got cotton in their ears. Every time we talk, it's nonsense. Don't start mumbling now. Say what you gotta say. There ain't no life for me in Texas. No, your life is in Texas. I'm leaving. I gotta go where I'm welcome and where I can make a life for myself. So, forget your family, huh? Daddy, no! Bessie, why ain't you sleep? Don't go, stay here with us. I could stop eating so much, will that help with money? Bessie, go back to bed. This grown folks business. I could quit school and go to work with mama. Just tell me what you want me to do. That's enough. Gone now. <laughs> I couldn't hear the rest of my parents' conversation, and I didn't sleep a wink. I kept trying to figure out ways I could help with money. The next day, my daddy gave us kids a kiss and a hug and left Waxahachie for good. We gonna be all right. Don't you worry. I ain't never gonna let nothing happen to y'all. I wouldn't see my dad again for 10 years. During harvest time, my family, like most black families, went to work in the fields picking cotton. I had to start going when I was seven. Ugh, I'm so hot. Hush, girl. You don't think we all hot? But mama. Not another peep out of you. If you can't tell, I did not enjoy being forced to do this type of work. Ugh. Pushing those big old bales of cotton across the field to be weighed felt like torture. Ugh. When I grow up, I'm never picking cotton, ever. What you say, little girl? Nothing, mama. When harvest season was done, we'd help mama clean white folks' houses. Bessie? Bessie, where are you? I like cleaning houses even less than picking cotton, if you can believe it. My heart is heavy with things I do not understand. Mama would catch me hiding somewhere reading books I found in the house. Bessie Coleman, get your little tail back to work and put that book back where you found it. Mama, I just got to the good part. Most nights, I would read to my little sisters. I wanted them to learn about all the wonderful worlds I'd found inside books. 
Any mind that is capable of real sorrow is capable of good. Though we were stuck in Waxahachie, we could break free even for a short time into our imagination. When I was nine, my brothers Walter and John left for Chicago. I'll miss you, Mama. I love you boys so much. You go make something of yourselves in Chicago. We'll send for you. Gone, before you miss your train. Once again, people were getting out of Waxahachie and I was stuck there, picking cotton and cleaning houses. <laughs> Mama, why can't I go to Chicago with my brothers? Baby, you're not old enough. When will I be old enough? It's gonna be a while. But when? Truth is, you can't leave yet. I need your help with your little sisters. You gonna help your mama? Yes, mama. I'll help. My lips were saying, yes, mama. But my mind was screaming, somebody get me out of here. I wasn't always allowed to go to school, but I loved learning. Math was my favorite subject. We have a few minutes before the end of the day. Who would like to share what they want to be when they grow up? Ooh, ooh, me. Pick me. <laughs> yes, Bessie. A conductor. Then I could take the train wherever I wanted to go. That's not something colored girls do. No? No. Uh, why not to be a teacher or a hairdresser instead? No, thank you. I can be a doctor. Bessie, you'd be better off keeping your feet planted right here on the ground. No one is going to let you do those jobs. Don't waste time daydreaming. <sighs> Maybe I can't be a conductor or a doctor, but I'm going to do something so I can leave this town forever. No, you're not! Yes, I am. You're going to be right here in Waxahachie having babies and cleaning white folks' houses. Just like your mama and my mama and every color girl in this town. Take it back! You can't make me! Bessie ain't special! Bessie ain't special! For crying out loud, that's enough! It's time to go home. Everybody read chapter three in your book. I left school that day more determined than ever. I was gonna make something of myself no matter what. Two times three is six. Two times four is eight. Two times five is... For the next few years, I focused only on school. I didn't go to dances with my friends, and I certainly didn't go out with boys, even though I was asked all the time. No thanks. I had a goal. In today's news, the Wright brothers have successfully made the first sustained flight in a heavier-than-air vehicle at Kitty Hawk. People flew? It was 1903, and I was 11 years old. I didn't know it yet, but the Wright brothers' accomplishment would come to mean everything to me. When I was 15, my mama made me the family's bookkeeper, since I was so good at math. Y'all picked $9.87 worth of cotton. 9.87 sound right, Bessie? You want the money or not? You sorted my mama $3, mister. What'd you say to me, girl? I said you're wrong. The math says we picked almost $12 worth of your cotton. Since when do niggers know math? Do you know math? This mouthy little girl needs a lesson in manners. Don't you touch my daughter. You cheating us. You smarter than me now? Okay, let's all just calm down. Mister, why don't you do your math again and see if maybe you made an honest mistake? 
honest mistake my backside. But my mama convinced him to do his math again, and surprise, surprise, he got the same result I did. <sighs> he knew I had my eye on him, so he never tried to short us again. And because I thought he needed to be taught a lesson, I started pressing my foot down on the scale when he wasn't looking. <laughs> Look, the way I saw it, this was payback for all the times mama didn't know he was cheating. Each and every Sunday, my mama took me and my sisters to a little church in our town. It was too hot and cramped for my liking, but I never dared ask to stay home. The church was my mama's safe space, and we went to God's house, rain or shine, healthy or on our deathbed. In Ephesians 5, 23 and 24, God's word says, the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church people. Amen. The church is his body and he saved it. Wives should obey their husbands in everything, just as the church people obey Christ. Mama, is there a part in the Bible when they tell the husbands what to do? What? The men, does God tell them what to do or is it only the women who have rules? Bessie. And what does God say about you? Is Daddy still head over you even though he went to the reservation? Bessie Coleman, do you think you're smarter than God? No, ma'am. Then I don't know why you're fixing your mouth to question God like you do. Hush up and pay attention to what the pastor is saying. Yes, Mama. I never could get a straight answer about that rule thing. Not to be dramatic, but I'd never felt like I had a place where I belonged in Waxahachie. Seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. So I saved every penny I made picking cotton in the oppressive heat and from cleaning mean white folks' houses to pay for my escape. And after I finished high school, I did it. I left my little town to attend Langston Industrial College in Oklahoma. Goodbye, Waxahachie. You're listening to Invisible Eagles, Bessie Coleman, presented by AARP. AARP is fighting for America's over 48 million family caregivers who help older adults live independently in their homes instead of being forced into nursing homes. Every day, family caregivers assist their older parents, spouses, siblings, grandparents, and other loved ones so they can live independently in their homes where they want to be. They help with everything, including medications and Medicare, meals, bathing and dressing, finances, grocery shopping, transportation, and more. Go to aarp.org for more information on caregiving. Now, back to the story. My mama and my sister saw me off at the train station. <laughs> Make sure you eat. I will, mama. I made a promise to myself to come back and save my family from this life once I'd made something of myself. But not one day sooner. <laughs> the first time I stepped on my college campus, I knew I was where I was supposed to be. I'd never seen so many people my age in one place before. The best part about college was the dorm. I'd always share a room and sometimes a bed with at least one sibling. But this whole space was mine. Unpacking felt like a dream come true. 
Bessie! Hi, Bessie. Can I come in? Yes. I wasn't sure if you got my letter. <laughs> Look at you, girl. You're so big. It has been 10 years. That ain't my fault. I'm not blaming you, Daddy. At least somebody ain't. Here, sit, sit. How's the reservation? Life's simple there. I really wish y'all would have come with me. Mama's done a really good job raising us. You should go visit. Aloys and Nihilus are almost teenagers, and little Georgia ain't so little anymore. I'll look into it. I can't believe your mama's okay with you being this far away from home. She was sad, but she knows this is what I want to do. This is a waste of money if you ask me. What's a girl like you gonna do with a college education? What do you mean, a girl like me? A colored girl, Bessie. Don't tell yourself lies. College ain't no place for any girl, but especially a colored girl. Daddy, I, uh, I have to finish unpacking so I can get some rest. Classes start in the morning. <clears throat> All right. I'm proud of you anyway. You set a goal and you achieved it. That alone is something to hang your hat on, even if it is the wrong path. I didn't let a tear fall until he left my dorm room. He hadn't earned the right to see that. <laughs> but once I started, it was hours until my eyes dried up. There's a saying, today is the first day of the rest of your life. That's what my time in college was like. I never missed a class. I made a bunch of new friends. Hi, I'm Bessie, what's your name? I even went to a football game. Oh my goodness, why did he hit him so hard? Life was good until I got called to the finance office at the end of my first term. You asked to see me, sir? Yeah, um, have a seat, Bessie. Turns out my subpar Waxahachie education did not properly prepare me for college. <laughs> Please. There, there has to be something I can do. The administrators decided I needed to take more preliminary classes than I expected. The problem was, I didn't have any money for extra classes. Uh, I'm sorry. My time was up. I had to return to Waxahachie after just one year of college. <laughs> In today's news, Harriet Quimby became the first licensed female American pilot. Her license was administered by the Aero Club of America. Mama let me move in with her when I got back. Everyone around here pulls their own weight, Bessie. You know that. I ain't going back to the cotton fields, Mama. I can't. I don't care what you do, but you need a job, and you need one now. The only job I could get was washing and delivering clothes to rich white folks. <clears throat> As I sat elbow deep in sudsy water, Stop thinking about the people who doubted me. No one is going to let you do those jobs. Don't waste time daydreaming. You're going to be right here in Waxahachie having babies and cleaning white folks' houses. What's a girl like you going to do with a college education? Were they right? Were my dreams too big? <sighs> if it ain't the fancy college girl. Lucinda, I, I haven't seen you since we were kids. The star remembers me? I remember how mean you were mostly. <laughs> All anyone around here talks about is how smart and pretty and light-skinned Bessie Coleman is. Bessie finished high school. Bessie went to college. Bessie is the best of us. <laughs> now look at you. Right back here in the muck, cleaning for white folks just like I said you would. She was right. 
I said I was never coming back to Waxahachie. There I was, ruining my nails to get stains out of a strange white man's drawers. <laughs> I knew you'd fail. I was not a failure, though. I knew that for sure. I just needed to pivot my goals. I am about sick of you, Lucinda. But I knew one thing for sure. Lucinda was going to learn how to talk to me. I can't stand you! You stupid witch! Stop, y'all. A couple other maids pulled us apart. She pulled out my hair! She's crazy! Don't you say another word to me, Lucinda, or I will pull out some more. It felt good to whoop up on Lucinda, but that high didn't last long. As I walked home, I kept thinking how if Black folks were allowed to dream and strive for more than being sharecroppers or maids. Maybe Lucinda wouldn't treat me like she did. Maybe she'd try to make it out of there, too. I'm home, Mama. I started to realize that if I made something of myself, it wouldn't be just for me. I could show the people who looked like me and grew up like I did that we all can be more than what we've been told. Mama. By my calculations, I could save up enough money for a train ticket to Chicago in a few months. I stayed positive that I'd be out of Waxahachie in no time. Mama? My mama was laying on the kitchen floor, beaten and bloodied. She could hardly move. <laughs> she took short, labored breaths due to broken ribs. Her left eye was swollen shut and her lip was busted. I'm okay. I'll be okay. You're not okay. Can, 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 can you get up? I laid down next to my mother on that cold floor. I wasn't sure what else to do. Mama, Mama, tell me who did this to you. You're listening to Invisible Eagles' Bessie Coleman, presented by AARP, a production of American Urban Radio Networks and Flying Free Films.